Episode 17, Artist Wallace Richard Mills. My name is Michael Delgado and I'm your host. I come to you each week from the spectacular library bar in the beautiful historic Mayfair Hotel, right here in downtown L.A. Today my guest is artist Wallace Richard Mills. Wallace is early and already holding up the bar. An IPA wets his palm. His hair is cropped and he sports a Van Dyke goatee. A checkered shirt over jeans and of course he's shot in his own skater shoe brand. Completing an ensemble that evokes a 14 year old skater kid. On one ankle is a therapy boot. The result of a recent skating mishap. He's not 14 anymore and my own shoulder aches in solidarity, reminding me that neither am I. It's time to meet. You know Geiger's bookstore across the street? I think I may have passed You know Geiger by sight? Geiger's in his early 40s, medium height, fattish, soft all over, Charlie Chan mustache, well-dressed, wears a black hat, affects the knowledge of antiques and hasn't any. Oh yes, I think his left eye is glass. Hello. 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 My guest today is artist and action sports business titan Wallace Richard Mills, a graduate of both the Laguna Beach Art School and the New York School of Visual Arts, where he met Richard Tuttle, one of my favorite artists. Wallace has been prodigiously making art over the years since, and you can see the influence of Tuttle in his subtle handling of color and composition. However, Wallace was really good at his day job as a creative director, product designer for skater and street culture footwear clothing brands such as DC, Etnies, and now Supra. Ascending the ladder to become an influential executive in the action sports apparel world. Lucky for us, he's become emboldened again to start sharing his fine art with the world, largely at the behest of Vita Patricia Rodriguez and her FYT branding operation. More on that at the end of this podcast. But for now, please welcome artist Wallace Richard Mills. Welcome, Wallace Richard Mills. All right. Well, thanks for uh, inviting me. Yeah. Yeah. Pleasure. And you came all the way up from the LBC. Correct. Long Beach. So not too bad of a drive, but always good to come to downtown. Well, on a Sunday, not too bad. And... uh, you've always have you always been a denizen of the Long Beach for the last twenty years? Yes. Huh? So before that, I was in New York, but right. been been in. Oh, so Long Beach were you for, born in New York? No, I was not. I was actually born here in Southern California, basically Orange. Right. Um, grew up here, um, and then went to art school uh, at the Laguna Beach School of Art in mm-hmm. and um, got my BFA there. And then Laguna, from what the Laguna Beach what uh, School of Art and Design? Um, they've been there for. Is that like a high school? Is that like an arts high school? No, it's actually a. Um, it was a private college, um, and they've been around for probably thirty plus years. Uh, super small school. It's right in the the canyon. Right. Um, so they weren't like, but you weren't groomed for the Sawdust Festival. No, I was not groomed for the Sawdust <laughs> Festival. <laughs> I went there to. Um, I know you weren't. I'm just yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's a, that's a good one. But 
I went there really to learn to draw because it's a super highly figurative huh. school. So lots of life drawing, lots of um, still life, real technical background right. information. Well, wonderful. Yeah, that's cool. And so then that and then uh, and then that got you all the way to New York and then, then yeah at the School of Visual Arts School of Visual SVA SVA so uh, yeah wonderful and that's school. on like twenty uh, third or something right it is so lots of different spots on the east side though right it's uh, like, yeah the the MFA studios were between seventh and eighth. I'm, on 22nd oh, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. If I'm remembering, I'm probably misremembering that. But uh, but there were probably about four to five different spots. It was the spots. microdosing. It was the microdosing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> now, I, guess, now the re- I, I, uh, I remember because I used to live um, in around there on Chelsea and 5th. Got it, okay. Or excuse me, in Chelsea on 5th and um, 23rd. Got it, yeah. I mean, it was super awesome to be able yeah. to... Just leave your studio, basically walk three big blocks, and you're right. in. Basically, that's right when Chelsea started blowing right. up. So right. still right. lots of meatpacking district stuff, but then a lot of galleries started. No, there was a lot of gal- and now and now it's funny. I was there not too long ago, and um, uh, now it's all like it reminds me of like the Upper West, where it's all baby strollers and yeah. There's lot lots of money now. Which is, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Because it was, yeah. But it's kind of whatever, that's what Yeah, it was it was crazy because I mean I remember we'd walk through certain parts of it and there'd still be blood in the streets and Ooh. all that. So it's still the meatpacking district at yeah. the time. Um, but yeah, we'd go skate there and all that. It was fun. Right. Yeah. All right. So speaking of skating, so and this is I, I'm curious about this. Like, okay, so you you're an artist, art school, and then uh, the and we have a similar sort of background in this regard in that we both went to art schools like that and then ended up somehow related to action sports. For you, uh, I was curious, like, okay, you're in art school and then you're skating, but then now what like, so, so what yeah, happens? It, I moved back from New York, uh, was there for two years and got married. Um, and from to Holly, that to Holly. Yes. Okay, thank God, because I just said to Holly, who I just met a moment ago, a lovely woman. God, that would have been horrible if it was wrong. Right. Well, well done. You remembered well. Um, we got married and moved back here, and she had a pretty great steady job being a hairdresser, and I didn't. Um, Were you I, skating? Or I was skate. I mean, I was just fresh out of art school, not right. having a specific right, right. thing to be doing, and um, kind of fell into um, a rep position or sub rep position and kind of worked my way up from with there. whom with well, his name is bill keller so he's a really good rep here in southern california but uh but doing who? yeah yeah for soul technologies so oh, soul, S, right. america yeah, yeah. 32 nixon watches girl skateboards <laughs> like <laughs> right. doing all these Girl, different stuff great. so really learning the industry and all of that kind of fun stuff so did, did soul even at that time was an umbrella for all those brands yeah, well, not for, <laughs> wasn't wasn't for Nixon or Girl, but uh, Soul Technologies was the Etnies S America in thirty two snowboard right. boots. Um, Does Etnies still do the Bioshoe Planet Tree? I believe they do. I was I there when they first started doing that. Yeah, so that we used cool. yeah, it was awesome. Recycled uh, uppers, PET laces, yeah, and yeah, recycled yeah. outsoles. It was awesome. Yeah, over a million trees, I believe. 
Really? Yeah. yeah. That's, good. That's pretty cool. Well, that means um, two million feet on skaters. That's true. Or yeah. not skaters, but people who want to be skaters. Correct. Lots of shoes, so it's good. <laughs> right. And so, uh, so okay. So then you're there, and then so how did you apply the art? You're making art through this whole time, or correct? So still. <laughs> kind of more of it hidden, I guess, not really showing too much or anything like that, but still consistently making stuff. Um, but with my job, what I was doing was I was helping make the skate footwear. So mm. I was helping with design. Um, there were specific designers, but I was also color and materializing most of the stuff. Uh-huh. Um, dealing with the pros one-on-one, heads of sales, all that other kind of and stuff. And this is, okay, so, the, and, and then, and then this, the, all those different brands, or this is at DC? So, then I started working in-house at Soul Technologies, and I took over, basically, um, the S footwear line. Ah. And then from there, moved to Etnies, um, and then I went to DC. Right. So. And when, and when, and, uh, so... Uh, for you old school skaters, yeah. I think DC was uh, uh, born of Chad Muska, right? So for no? skating, yeah, I, yeah I, I'll, I'll help you out on that. Yeah, so me, DC me, would be give me the, would be give Ken, me the pantheon, right? DC would be Ken Block and Damon Way. Okay. So Danny's brother Damon. Um, those two basically were the inception down in um, San Diego, started the the footwear brand, and that blew up. Um, I was lucky enough to work with Damon uh, for a little bit the last couple years before, which was really cool. Um, super smart guy, super intelligent. I feel like I just learned a lot from him, but just a great, it's a great group. They really were in it to, uh, for the right reasons and, and all of that, and obviously did well for themselves, and now it's still a big footwear brand. You know? Yeah. All right, and then, but, but Muska was Toy Machine. Muska, so yeah, so connected very uh, with the whole group in Huntington, right? So you you have like Ed Templeton, Chad, um, the whole group. Anyways, neither here nor there. Um, Musco but isn't that helped with Supra. That was ah, his big, oh, which is where I'm at now. Uh, obviously, Sky Top and that whole. I you stuff, know I, obviously I mean, I can't keep up. I can't keep up with all this, and I, I remember uh, I remember the toy machine videos and all that, and right. they were super fun, and um, and uh, you know there, Muska was my hero and all that, but um, so and, and I, honestly, I think the the er, those kind of early on videos were kind of like the Instagram of now, right? There was still the word of mouth. For it's sure. Like you, were like, you know, they were kind of subversive. You yeah. couldn't show your parents, or Snapchat anyway, you couldn't show your parents that you had one in the VHS. <laughs> they were good. I mean, those were, I mean, that was your connection to it because you either had magazines yeah, or the videos. Sure, and the videos sure, then yeah. were, that's what mattered um, because you had no of that instant content that you have barraging your eyes nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and so the storytelling so was so funny. Awesome. Yeah. Slam <laughs> sections, storytelling, traveling. I mean, it was it was all of right. that. It was kind of that gateway to the what was happening out in the world. Yeah. As a yeah. for a adolescent teen, you know, and then growing yeah. up and, and getting older. And I don't know. I I think that that you know like, uh, that kind of culture is you know. Um, 
and, and, you know, now with, like, the street art and all that, I think that's still, you know, was considered outsider, and this has been a thing with, over the last several guests, actually. Uh, we're talking about, you know, that how all that's blurred, how, like, you, um, you, you art school, but really a street culture person through skating. There's the uh, other people that, like, Phil America I had on the other mm-hmm. time, who's, like, working with Nike, but also is uh, has a social practice. And I think that there's something to that in that there's a, a large uh, portion of the, the art world now is, um, you know, very, very corporate, what I refer to as the Museo Industrial Complex, <laughs> and that there's this whole other section that is, is uh, more vibrant and um, more alive. And, and I see your you know, your history and what you're doing now as part of that. Not necessarily outsider or whatever, but just like something that's um, more real. I I think it's the philosophy that you get almost from skateboarding with the history of, I mean, my first thrasher, I think was 85 in August, right? Like, and, and just growing up with that and kind of learning about music and yeah, yeah, stuff you know, it's travel. A gateway. And it's a gateway music. drug. Skateboarding yeah. is a gateway drug, and it was—it's amazing, and it's—it's it's taught me so much, and um, it's obviously I've had so much access to it later in life with just being involved with these brands and traveling the globe and hanging out, luckily, with some of the riders, and you know, mm-hmm. sometimes skating, sometimes not, but just all of those things intertwined, and just learning so much from that. Um, I mean, it's. So it what, helped define well, you. All right, so what did you learn? Um, I think it's probably the, the most powerful thing was that that kind of, um, <laughs> that fuck you attitude. Right. That, that one to kind of push things and um, challenge yourself, get back up, you know? Like, obviously, with when you're practicing tricks and all that kind of thing, I, I think, and that's something a lot of skaters talk about, is, is just that... Um, that repeat process and right. challenging yourself and making sure you get back up and you try it again and you get back yeah. up and you unless you're carted off. But uh, correct. Yeah. But uh, yeah, actually, I was uh, I, I follow you know Thrasher and at all on um, Instagram and mm-hmm. I and I've done so for or through videos or whatever through years right. and I was taken aback actually by uh, the amount of fails. That are also that are now incorporated. So instead of like the early Ryan Sheckler, for example, they would all be perfect. Everything was perfect, and now like if you watch something on whoever it is, uh, you watch them not complete the trick three, four, five times, and then they pull it off because they're insane tricks. But to your point, they're kind of showing the work. Totally, and and I think that's the valuable part to it because you're right, like. I would say that would probably be the frustration a lot of people had maybe with a Ryan Sheckler or Nyjah Houston where most of the time they were showing it, they were always landing the Perfect. Trip. Everything was um, perfect. Right. Yeah. And and to... Even his hair. It, all of it, right? And so <laughs> I think it is the, the behind the scenes is what makes it powerful. I, I think it's even knowing that the guys go back to the spot yeah. multiple times okay. to finally get the trick where they fought through it for six months or three weeks or whatever the, the right. time frame is, um, that's that's the stuff that I love. So it's a real it's practice cool. and it looks easy and, you know, it's not, 
And so there's the art parallel, right? Right. You, and, and so for you, let's talk about your art. All right. <laughs> Jumping into that. Um, I would say with my art and what I've been up to, I've been mixing things up all the way around where a lot of the stuff with the photograms, ever since I've been doing that, was always something of, I never formally really took a lot of photo classes. Um, and always liked the idea that I didn't know the rules to photography. Right. Um, and then taking that and just kind of running with it. I've always thought of myself as a painter out of anything. Um, and that's how you were at the school, like you were painting? Jeez. Um, I'll focus on SVA probably the the most there. but And that was a master's. Well. That was master's. I, I would say with that, I was probably doing mostly drawing. Ah. Um, oh. Not really painting. Um, and the the photograms is right that's when i first started really did the drum, with did that so uh where was the color piece of that then well initially the photos were mostly black and white they all started with tape so i did a lot of drawings early on in undergrad where i was layering uh, scotch tape and just building these surfaces up and then using charcoal and graphite and, and other things to kind of pull and, and push um, the space. So with that, then I started to build these little slides and I started using the tape itself um, to grid it out, almost mm -hmm. like a Agnes Martin oh. kind of idea, right? One so of my real favorites. Minimum. One of my favorites. Yeah. She just had a really wonderful show, uh, not maybe last year here at Blackman. Yeah, it was amazing. It was spectacular. Beautiful show. show. There's very few shows that I've, I do hot laps through and that one was where you, I literally went through the show and then went back. Yeah, no, I went show. back twice as well. It's, it, it, it's uh, yeah, and then no tape though, dude. No tape. No tape, right? Um, I, yeah, she's just amazing. Like right. just. And then there was a Bridget Riley show not too far, like, like similar, but right. Yeah. Anyway, but, but hard edge, beautiful, yeah. Yeah, so most of the work was not colorful. Initially, then, yeah. Right. It was a, a lot of just high contrast, black, white, kind of grays. Um, and but color, now the photogram oh, is hell just yeah. lots of color, right? I love yeah. color. Um, and then for, I, 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 you know, I saw the word photogram and I was like, you know, like, well, if I put that in the um description it's going to be like instagram but that's not what it's about right so it's like yeah I, I mean the photogram and really what they are is it's a it's a hard thing to describe but it's they're really not photographs either like literally what i'm making are um little slides of colored acetate and materials sometimes watercolor pencil marker whatever um things that I know that would just be translucent and I would love to see what it yeah. what it scales up yeah. to be and just has so a little bit of pop art, like mixing all of these little things together, but really just um, loving the the fact that you don't always know exactly how it's gonna turn out. So sure. you're you're always pushing, you're always trying and obviously doing it for as long as I have it, I've learned some things that I, I kinda know how it's going to to be received onto the film, but other things are always happy accidents and, and these beautiful discoveries that I that I think I just, yeah. that's why I keep doing it. It's just I'm always learning. Yeah. Happy accidents. 
So um, the the other thing that struck me on those kinds of things, uh, or was you know you mentioned the translucency and the layering and uh, the coloring and all that, and it struck me uh, because I don't know I'm biased this way, but um, it struck me as you know not air apparent, but uh, certainly in line with. Um, you know, the California cool school where things are, you know, there's fiberglass right. and car cultures and and all that great stuff. And um, and then I see you, you and your work in that line in that you're interested in the translucency and the colors and like what's layered, what's not. And I think what I love about it the most is just getting so much, some of that history uh, through the, the process or the, the materials themselves. Right. So um, did you ever, like, so you thought about, like, surf culture and... I, I think... Or, I don't I know mean, if I... I don't know if you thought about it. I mean, was that... I think it's just sort of, like, almost... Because you're here. You given, right? Like, person, yeah. growing up in Southern California, right. I think it's... it's especially where Yeah. Like, <laughs> it just comes with the territory. Like, okay. you're, you're there, you know? Like, knowing... You know, I surfed a little, but not a ton. But so many friends and and all of that. So you were just in, it was, it's just part of your everyday. Um, but yeah, like I mean, the beauty of a surfboard and <laughs> the creation there and how that's crafted is is wonderful. I don't necessarily know if that's exactly the one for one of how I, I enter the work that way, but it's kind of it's it's back there. You know, it's kind of. It's got to yeah, be floating back there for I, sure. I mean, it is for me. I mean, yeah, I yeah. can't, you know, it's inescapable in a nice way. It Totally. And it's beautiful that way. You had a recent show. Yeah. And uh, tell me about that. So it was titled Begin Again. And <laughs> um, I had a friend, Vita, who kind of got me off my ass, so to speak, and started challenging me to, to kind of get out there and start showing... Um, the photos and, and, and some of this work and really what it did was it pushed pushed the photos into a different spot where I, I started to actually expand them so um, back at SVA at one point I had um, blown up some of the smaller Polaroids the, the photograms to 30 by 40 hmm. um, but I never did it multiple times I just did it like kind of once um, and so this made me want to kind of revisit it, but then push it further um, and really rework that. And obviously technology has progressed so um, dramatically since uh, that time back in 99 um, that I'm able to, to use higher res cameras, blowing it up that way. And so I, I got to mix some of the, the smaller Polaroids with these larger ones and play with that idea of scale and, and structure and, and size. So it's, it was a whole show of that. Um, and then probably the most exciting thing about that show um, referenced the videos that I started doing and really trying to push it. I've never, never made an art video, I never wrote music before, I never did any of those things and really kind of stepped out um, but took the process of how I was making these um, photograms and started basically delineating these things um, through paper and, and, and basically making like almost a film roll, like yeah, classic yeah, yeah. Uh, classic film roll. And I, I built this, rocket. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I built this like a little contraption to where I could pull the, the thing through. I had my son Lincoln help me on one side or the other while I was filming. Um, back I can just hear you saying, Lincoln's happened. 
Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, there was there was a lot of takes for sure. Like, <laughs> we we had to work through some stuff, but it, it was really exciting. And and then once I got that film, then I started to write so music for like it. Sort of an animation. Totally. It, yeah. And ideally, some of the pieces always felt that way. Anyways, like some sort of kinetic movement involved or inherent in the pieces. So it was always exciting to try to figure out how do I. How do I get this thing? Yeah, to, to we just live? had we had a guest on who who's very involved in animation uh, as an inspiration, Dorian Lynn. Who, like, actually, I think she'll be the episode up before it does. Awesome. And um, her work is inspired a lot by the uh, Disney Studios, um, who uh, you know back in the day only hired females to do the cell painting. Or filling or whatever. Right. And so she's got a whole thing about that, which is super interesting. That's but, awesome. But um, you should listen because <laughs> you'll get it. I awesome. Mean, you know, in terms of, you know, animating something, it's amazing. It, it, it is, and it's I barely scratched the surface. And right. the way I kind of approached it was I, <laughs> I was wanting to do, like, almost stop-motion animation stuff. Right. And it was becoming too frustrating because it was the technical part of it I wasn't getting. And so I just figured out a different way to work. Um, and so I literally was making these 10 foot long drawings and yeah, then, and yeah, then and rolling then them through. Them. It, yeah, yeah, that's it, super it, old school. It's super old school, <laughs> it's kind of janky. It, it, it's it, super simple, but it, yeah, it's it just turned, yeah. They turned out like sort of pathetic, but sweet at the same time. Mm-hmm. And just this kind of... Um, and what were the images? It was all abstractions, basically, through uh, the pieces. And how long are these pieces? Because that could be... Uh, the pieces themselves were... I, I did two different rolls. They were about 12 feet, 10 feet mm-hmm. long. Um, so, but that's like two seconds. Right? It's it's actually... Well, the way I'm pulling it and how it goes, it was probably about two minutes worth of footage, I guess, if that's what you're yeah, that's referring to. So, yeah, they're, they're about two minutes, not super long. Um, but the idea was I was at least one of them uh, I was basically having these triangles jump around and kind of go through a series of events and the triangles were representations of my boys but just kind of having a fun idea of just storytelling because it's not normally what I do when I make something I'm not usually trying to mm-hmm. convey a specific um, see this in the image kind of thing yeah so you're so this was a, a clear experimentation from where you were before for sure and but still abstract and and all of that but still using all of the other um, clues all the way through um, to make this stuff so it, it still feels connected but it's definitely a step in a different different space so that so so you mentioned that you were all like um, you're at Laguna, it was all seriously figurative, and then yeah. how did you like just to abandon that, or not abandon it, or decide not well, to do it? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I've always been kind of drawn to abstraction or non-objective art, but um, what I always wanted to do was make sure that I had the technical prowess in the back, right. knowing I could do the figure painting or drawing or right. whatever it was, sure. to where it, it gave me... It gave me the license to go wherever I wanted because I knew I could do the other stuff if right. if I wanted. Um, and to be honest, I worked at the Guggenheim in New York um, as ticket sales guy, right? right? When I was going to school. And what was great there was 
I was able to really sit with pieces for an extended period of time. And the stuff that really stuck with me the most were the Agnes Martins and these Rothkos and just some of these other um, really beautiful abstractions like a John McLaughlin or Hmm. all these things where it it kept giving back. Hmm. Um, And seeing it in different lights was always exciting like because being in the museum you'd be closing up or whatever and you'd see the paintings with the lights on and you'd see them with the lights off and it was always kind of uh, awesome to kind of have that back uh, behind the scenes sort of thing of of almost living with it yeah Uh, Yeah. and and really kind of pulling from that and and just wanting to make things that would give back I guess Ah. that you could revisit uh Interesting. Yeah, and, and so there were there. Well, the Guggenheim doesn't. I mean, their you know their modern um, agenda doesn't really allow for much figurative work anyway. But it's true. There there were some really good shows though. They had some stuff where they had the downtown um, in Soho for a while when I was there, yeah. which is now defunct. And they had some really beautiful um, beautiful shows that were had some figurization, video, other stuff that was really forward-pushing and really cool. Pipilotti Wrist had oh, a, one of my favorites. And those are those type of pieces as well were beautiful color, saturation, story, mm-hmm. but really immerse you in the space. Yeah, and in that space, I think the, there's just a couple of people who have really taken over that space and really, really done it well. Uh, think what you will, but one of them was Matthew Barney. Oh yeah, for sure. Did, were you there for that? One? I didn't. I didn't see that show, but uh-huh. I've seen several of his shows, and just. But I mean, him. the way he took over that space. Yeah. I mean, he, that uh, that installation was like, okay, I own this space, and uh, it was it, that was good. And then uh, Paul McCarthy did it in one of those, um, where you know turns it into a toilet. But of course, that's good too. Yeah, I mean, they're both amazing masters at their craft, you know, and I mean, Matthew Barney, I mean, presentation and yeah. backstory and all of that is Well, that, awesome. I mean, I don't think about what you will with him, but, yeah, but whatever, in terms of the actual, somebody who had a show in that space. And I love the way it's designed, really, the, the fact is you're supposed to take the elevator and start the show yeah. at the top. Yeah, I've always I've always so awesome. tell people that I'm like just take so awesome. the elevator, just yeah. go. Just but just the way it's designed with like single toilets on each floor, where <laughs> yeah. it's just like realistically, did did Frank have any idea that he would actually have a lot of people at the museum? Like, I think he didn't it think it was going to be built. Actually. Yeah, it was amazing. But like, just those kind of things are just really funny. But like, it's such a great space. <laughs> so what uh, what are you working on now? For me, I, for me, what I'm looking for now is just to be involved in the art space in general, right? Like, it's almost like I've trained as a musician for multiple years, and I've been in bands, but I never played any shows. And all I want to do is just play some shows. I don't necessarily care if I play Dodger Stadium or if I play The Smell. Like, it, I, it's more of just, just being engaged. Um, and I think that's really what I, I just want to be a part of it because I love it. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's everything. And, um, and I, un- unfortunately, I think I, I took a, a pretty big step back of not trying to be engaged for several years. And that's where 
the Begin Again idea came from of just like engaging. So how do you find time to make <laughs> art with that kind of responsibility? Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one that is a challenge at best. It's usually late evenings, um, weekends, and that's kind of the time because you're otherwise nine to five and All right. driving. Well, and and yeah. the other thing I was curious about mm-hmm. is like how um, your own work, like. Uh, in your role, how does how how do you not infiltrate your aesthetic into, as you mentioned, color choices? Hmm. For example, I, I think it, to me it's probably a little bit of the separation between church and state. Ah. For myself, I've I think I've been able to <laughs> keep, keep each one at bay, I guess. Um, where I guess for this, how about this? I think there's a couple things that I've always liked that I've heard, like design, which is partly what I do, um, solves problems. Art creates problems. So I try to keep that in my mind. Why is that? Because it confuses people. No, I think it because it challenges people and it, and uh-huh. it puts people in a uh, challenging in all different types of ways, whether the piece makes you feel uncomfortable, i.e. maybe a Paul McCarthy piece or a Matthew Barney piece where you're trying to figure out where the hell all the backstory is coming from and and that. Or to an Agnes Martin where you're like, what am I staring at? It's just a grid. Um, And what do I pull from that? But I I think it's it's those type of things where I, that's why I've always loved art, where it challenges. But with design, I, I mean, with what I do for work, I guess, What's nice there is, you know, you're trying to, I've always thought of it this way, my philosophy with that is 14-year-old Wallace, what would he think is cool, or what would he subscribe to? Um, and I always try to put that in mind, because at the end of the how, day, it's, it's how not like... been able to hang on to that? I've lost that a while ago. I mean, I try, yeah. and people say I'm Peter Pan, but... That's pretty good. Peter Pan's not too bad. But I think, <laughs> I think with that, it, it, it's... It's staying connected, and it's it, luckily enough for me, it's like being around some of the pro riders right. and getting that sure. energy and um, seeing it, you know, watching them. And luckily enough, you know, watching them skate and film and do stuff like that, where right, right, you're right. you're engaged that way. Yeah, I think it it challenges you, it keeps you young, you know, and you try to keep it bottled up a little bit, you know, and like keep some of that because I, I think that's that's what's awesome about it. And, still enjoy the things that you want to do whether it's skateboarding or surfing or whatever right. you know um, but yeah it's always that's I think that's the thing that I try to hold on to a little bit though it's just trying to help 14 year old Wally I guess and stuff. right <laughs> I know it sounds kind of dorky but <laughs> no no but it, I, totally I mean it's, it. a, it's a genuine thought of like just trying to help that like, kid out yeah. And yeah, and showing the brand that way. Like that's the brand strand. That's the DNA of the brand. Well, right? Yeah, and for me it's not about for those brands, it's not necessarily about what I want. No, but it's it's what you get. It's what the brand best foot forward for the brand, right? Like and and I think that's that's the smart way to build it that way cuz it's it's not my brand, but I'm trying to help. So that brand, I guess. Alright, well, Wallace has a scar above his oh, right eye. Crap. 
And I want the story. Oh, it's not that exciting the story, unfortunately. Uh, it just happened well, recently. Well, you can make it up. Nobody oh, knows. Oh, that's true. Um, well, I'll tell you the real story, and then you can tell me if you want me to make it up. Uh, I'm not above that. But I was in Laguna Canyon visiting um, friends, and they had a brand new house, and we were trying to, we were just hanging out. And they have a tree that had this big branch that was basically in the way of where everyone was walking. And I took it upon myself to break that branch off, but with not any tools. Um, and there, in so this, facto, and this I think is is, is 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 like your life story in a nutshell. It, it could be. It, it it's well played. So I. Thank God I had a hat on and sunglasses, but literally the branch just snapped back. And how old are you? Pardon me? How old are you at this? I, this just happened. So I'm what? 46. Yeah, like, oh, this literally, shit. I just got stitches out, like, three days ago. Four days ago. I thought you were... Like, no, no, like, this is, this is all brand new. I thought it was a childhood scar. Fuck, I wish. No, this was, <laughs> this is adult stupidity. So. No, but you were trying to do good. I, I was trying to help. I should have probably used the proper tools. If there's a learning thing out there, kids, use the proper tools. That would be my so, advice. I was hoping you would use your superpowers for good. I thought this was like a skating. No, that's game. why I said, like, do you want? I can make up another story if you'd like. I just. I don't know if I want to be disingenuous. I like the idea. Of no, that's good. Honest. That's good. That's good. I like it a lot. All right. <laughs> All right, so what are you working on now that we should do? Because, like, I'll put links on the thing. And yeah. What do you want me to see? What, like, um, what are we promoting here? I, I would love to promote some of the photograms. Some yeah. Of the, uh, the travel drawings are always some of my favorites, and, and literally the videos would be. And where do we find all these things? You can find them, well, I, on my Instagram. I'm just posting new stuff that I'm doing kind of weekly, I guess, if you will. Okay. Um, and then on my website, which is pretty simple it's just Wallace all right well you have to like give it out because it's radio you have to say who it is or where to find these things right so you can find my work on wallacerichardmills.com where you'll see videos and paintings and all kinds of fun stuff you can follow me on instagram the same handle which is wallacerichardmills.com and yeah i'm just uh just making new stuff every day as much as i can trying to be involved awesome and Thank you for coming all the way from LBC. Thank, thank you. Thank you for the uh, invitation. Yeah. All right, man. Awesome. Thanks. You've been listening to A.G. Geiger Presents Tales from the L.A. Art Underworld. My guest today was artist Wallace Richard Mills. Check out his work at wallacerichardmills.com and on Instagram at the same Wallace Richard Mills. I mentioned early in the broadcast uh, about Vita Patricia Rodriguez and her FYT branding operation, who has been working with Wallace and a number of other artists. Um, she was on the um, show a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe. Um, it'd be really worth checking it out and learning about what she's doing for artists and her social program and uh, her focus on street art. 
if you haven't already heard it. A.G. Geiger Presents Tales from the L.A. Art Underworld is produced by me, Michael Delgado, in conjunction with the Mayfair Hotel and artist and music management company Regime 72 and A.G. Geiger Fine Art Books. Check us out at MayfairLA.com, Regime72.com, and of course, AGGeiger.com. Thanks for listening.